0: Yo, where you at, G? I'm G. Boloa.
1: up. it you, G? Yo, G. Ogoo Hey, G. hey I'm in the studio. Studio. Welcome to Amp Stories Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Amp Stories Podcast. It's your girl, First Lady. And today we have a special guest. Hello, special guest. Go ahead and introduce yourself.
0: hello, hello. Hello. My name is Paul Kwikwenty, the founding president of Pinnacle Heights Academy in Accra, Ghana. I was raised in Toronto, Canada, came here when I was about 10, educated here, got my first degree in psychology, got my master's degree in public policy and management. Just, I've always had a fascination with Ghana. Even though I never went back to Ghana, like anytime I heard stories of people going back to Ghana, go do business, or I was always fascinated, like there's got to be something there for people to pick up, oftentimes leaving their families here to attempt to go back home. So when I finished university, something just told me, go back and see, and I did, and eventually I decided to, I did other investments, saw the opportunities there, but my real passion was education, and years later, YC, as the French will say, (laughs) here it is.
1: That is cool. That Mm. is cool. So that jumps right into the next question. Tell us how you got started. Where does the journey begin?
0: So, in November 2007, I went back to Ghana after being in Canada for 14 years. So I came when when I was 10, I went back when I was about 24, and I I left to go back to Ghana with about I think I had about 20-25,000 US dollars at the time and I'm like oh I'm going to go do business in Ghana. I knew nothing about Ghana, the, the economic terrain, the business side of things, the culture. I really was not too familiar with it but I had this visceral drive to go back home and do something. So I went invested in car parts business eventually I went into grocery store items like food items but in my real passion was education because as I got to know the education system in Ghana, I just realized, no, there were were too many shortcomings. It was the limitations were too glaring. And I was like, I want to address this. Not in a way where I'm going to go and attach my ideals to an institution, which is already established, because then you got to sell it to them. I was rather playing with the ideas. No, let's build my own school whereby you get to dictate the curriculum, the type of books kids are reading, the type of Programs which are going to be in place, and the universe just came to my rally because as I was plotting all that in my head, then I I would meet this person. I met one gentleman who was a, who was a builder, and he told me, "Hey, I could build your school for you." And was like, "Are you sure?" And I was renting a, one of his units in Ghana at the time. He's not related to me, none whatsoever. So anytime people say, "Oh, Ghana Ghanaians don't are liars," it trust me, it's not the truth. Some of your family members might be lying, <laughs> you know, but like you know. I know mean, there's lots of stories of our parents building homes and one uncle, but he's gonna you and like all these stuff yeah. it's not always the case. I met this this man. he's actually named my second son after him.
1: oh wow,
0: we're not even related. we he just said he could build it for me, so we just started a relationship from there and send money over, and then you would just keep working with it, keep working with it, keep working and he's a builder himself, and mm-hmm. years later, I'm the proud uh, founding president of an academic institution in Ghana. And I could, there's nothing else I, could, that I would want to be doing right now with myself.
1: Oh, wow. So you did say that seeing how the education system in Ghana was, what exactly did you see that was not impressive? And you said, no, I need to do something for myself. For...
0: So there was, I'll give you an example. Yeah, that's I was great. once traveling from Accra to Kumasi on the VIP buses. Uh, have you sat one of those? It's like the,
1: the Please, bus. I don't um, want to sit on that. T- <laughs>
0: anyway, okay. So this was around 2008. And as we're going, I'm sitting beside these two, this couple, both Legon graduates, University of Ghana graduates. So I'm like, oh, let me engage them in conversation. We're talking. And a man comes on the bus and he's selling medication that if you have witches in your house, it get rid of the witches, get rid of HIV, or get rid of just anything underneath the sun. Anything this man was saying, if you're trying to travel abroad and you cannot get the visa, (laughs) who could drive out with a FASA? Okay, that now, dear sir. I mean, this man was just like, wait,
1: this was a cream. It wasn't even a pill. It was, it was a cream. It
2: was a, a soap. <laughs> <laughs> so he's like, we're well, afraid, Gary. We're
0: well, Gary Let me translate for
1: those that can't speak tree. He is saying that when you take this cream or this soap, you put it on your body. You just have to put it on your body like you're lotioning, pretty much. (laughs) And so if you're going to sleep, put it on your body. This is very And it will get
0: rid of witches. And I'm sitting there like, oh, like, no one's going to buy this. What are you wasting your time for? And as soon as he's done, everybody's hands went up to purchase this cream. And I looked at my Legon graduates. Mm -hmm. Also with your hands up. <laughs> and you were like, no. <laughs> I was like, no, if, if you, the graduate, is buying this, then what would they literally do? You know what I mean? And I think mm-hmm. it was that moment I started playing with the idea like, people gotta like, get more education. And then when you speak to some of the kids in Ghana, it just seems like they're just, they're just memorizing content, not really understanding the depths of it. There's It's just, they memorize it, they regurgitate it. Uh, there's little retention, there's little application, if, if any at all. I just want to do something different. I just said, you know what? I wanted a school. That's going to teach critical thinking, focus on confidence building. I mean, I find I met a Ghanaian American who had moved from California to Ghana. I met her in 2008 while I was still building my school. And she was like, one of her biggest regrets about moving to Ghana is how docile her five year old son has become. Like she said, the school has not in the literal sense, but the school has beaten him down he's a shell of himself like he's so timid now you know how the ghanian, yeah, society ghanian. is very restrictive mm-hmm. like it's very you can't really step out of line Ghana will humble you <laughs> you know what yeah I mean? like you can't even question anything it. yes so i always had this Idea. like you know, I want my kids to be really confident. Not only that, I need to do things differently. Like, I'm going to be a, a school owner who's really involved. The, the kids are going to be going, coming in and out of my office. If a nine-year-old has had the opportunity to go in and out of his school owner's office and eat his lunch there, then who are you to intimidate him or her? Mm-hmm. You get what I mean. So that was more of my thinking and focus. We're rolling out, and I uh, will get more into that. But like different skills development program, we are we doing a program called Read to Achieve. We're handpicking books we want kids to read. Books which focuses a lot on us as a people. You know, in our in our history. In January, we're rolling rolling out our graphics designing program. Oh, so nice. If you're in class seven and above, is mandatory. You we will be taught graphic design and whatever you, what you do with that is up to you. Mm-hmm. But you mm-hmm. will be taught our uh, graphic designing for the next four years. In September we're gonna roll out the photography program. So essentially when you graduate from Pinocchio Academy your high school diploma, you have a deep understanding or a certificate in photography, graphics designing. We're eventually going to roll out, put in fashion designing, uh, events, decorations. So all these skills are meant to give all of our students an upper hand when they come out of high school i mean i wish when i came out of high school i knew how to take pictures and make a small living side out hustle. Of, you know a side hustle mm-hmm. you know what i mean while you're in university you could if you go do photography get quick even five hundred dollars like so that's where we are at the moment and it it's going well it's going well
1: that's amazing i truly appreciate the vision and of course you're working on it right now and this is in action he has over a hundred students guys this man is doing great things like he might be humble right now but i'm gonna shout him out. i went to visit his school when i went to ghana too to see it, and i was like wow this is amazing this is amazing so continue to do the good work for the community but it's interesting that you spoke about being interested in business but why didn't you get into real estate you went with education rather than real estate real
0: estate is another i would always encourage people if they want to invest in ghana to go into to real estate it's it's a it's a lucrative venture if you know what you're doing i looked at i can com- when i compare the two they all have a Shortcomings, they, they also have their gains, the advantages. Education, it was just too much of an opportunity to pass up. I mean, you might build a four-bedroom house, sell it for $150,000. You get your money and you go. That's good for you. Kudos to you. I, I can't knock you. But to be able to take a 12-year-old child and say, here, I want you to read, as part of your reading material, you're going to read the life and the autobiography of Mark Mex. Do you know what I mean? Here, go read Tupac's The Rose That Grew, Grew from a Crack in the Car. It's just like the impact Is so overwhelming. And it's just to know that a school, for example, I always say it gives me the three things that I want in life. The money, of course, education is very lucrative in Ghana. Education is is it parents will pay an arm and a leg to give your kids a uh, quality education and then school will give you the power so you could essentially look at set aside being able to employ people but the students themselves to know that i'm going to shape your mind this way so most of my students i'm shaping them towards a more conscious entrepreneurs that's how i like to turn i want them to be conscious entrepreneurs so to be woke while pursuing money right so to know that i can do it i could say i can sit down with my team and say how are we going to do that okay well we're going to get we're going to talk to them more about this these are the classes we're going to teach them. these are the extra programs we're going to offer is something that it's truly out of this world and then the respect it's the respect aspect of it is something i didn't even consider when i was building the school i don't know you are ever doing something you're not really thinking about how people are going to view it you're just doing it and you're just because- you're just Going through the emotion, you just want to get this over with. And then when you're done, and then people will come to the the school, like, hey, I'm looking for the owner, and like, oh, that's him, and or it's me. Hmm. And you're like, (laughs) at times you're like, I own this. Like,
1: yeah.
0: And then people respect that. They see the building, they see all the facilities, they look, they see the plan, the vision, and you know, they're like, It's you, like, without you, there's none of this stays in motion. And so education is more complicated. It's tougher. But those things the money, the power, the respect that it's going to render you as the owner. It's something that's too good to pass out,
1: to be honest. It's too good to pass out. People would say like money, power, and respect. You know how yeah. this song go, <laughs> right? Right. With yeah. those three, how can you? How can we make sure the right people become and get these things? Because I feel the problem with money, power, and respect is when it's in the wrong hands, then mm-hmm. it's turned into corruption, yeah. right? And mm-hmm. so you teaching your children at your school, right, to be yeah. conscious entrepreneurs. How are you teaching them that the country that you live in, when people get this money, power, respect. They take it and turn it into something that's not even appealing anymore.
0: You know what? That's a great question. And two, most of my students in Ghana have this understanding that something is off. Something's off with what? Something is off with the society. Mm. Like this is not what it's supposed to be. And perhaps it's because kids nowadays are more exposed to the outside world than let's say I was or I would have been had I been raised in Ghana. Right. They know they're on YouTube. They see they they have paved roads over there. How come we don't have it here? Mm. You know what I mean mm-hmm. like they know something is a bit off. It's you know, wait, when they're watching, look at the FIFA right now, they see what the stadiums look like. Mm-hmm. You know, why are our stadiums the way they are? How majority of the of the of those who went to watch them the games how come your skin is not like ours Mm So the kids have this understanding due to technology that something is off. That's the first the first thing. And then second of all, our job or my job is to tell them is to reaffirm their belief. Like, yes, something is off. And you're right. Our roads are not paved, but this is why. And then begin that dialogue with them as to why things are the way that they are. And from my discussions with my students, when you're talking to them, you can see it in their eyes that they want to do something about. It. I remember one 11-year-old girl, I, I posted on Instagram once, and she was sitting by me manuela and i was like i was just sitting with a group of my students under this under the summer and i was like ask them what they each want to do i said, manuela what do you want to do she's a brilliant girl very shy but she'll speak when she needs to but she's you know a bit uh keeps to herself she said i don't know mr Amtree, i think i want to do something i want to go into business. I, said, mm. t- I business I said what type of business so what type of business she said I don't know I think I want to do something that uplifts women.
1: Oh wow.
0: Like at eleven? Eleven. I almost not. I almost fell off my the, the bench. Because when I was eleven, I was not trying to empower anybody. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't even empower myself. Much less. <laughs> I wasn't thinking about eventually I want to empower this person.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And See, she has no idea how she's going to do it. She, she could just feel in that in her society. I'm sure she's aware of the conjugal car- violence that takes place. She's aware of, of the sort of the systematic abuse of women or the neglect of young girls. She knows. No one needs to tell her. And the fact that she's thinking about doing something about it. So my job is actually easy. My job is just to say you can do something about it. You know, and, it, and and it, it, it's more poignant when it comes from me because um, they look at me. Um, as some of the kids would say, "You own this school." My dad is even older than you. You know, <laughs> they look at me and be like, I How school, did he do this? Yeah. How did you do it? So when they come to me, when they have these ideas in their head, like, "No, you, you can do it. You can become a positive change that we need in this country because something is off." They feel it. Those who run the system also know that those at the bottom know that this is not it. Like you should not Be investing in I'm not gonna get too political You should not be investing in this While your hospitals look like that You know what I mean It's They know They know something is off Our job is to tell them Reaffirm your faith And encourage them To do something about it Because they will I don't think You see Every generation Is always harder Than your predecessors What I mean by harder Is they're always willing To tolerate less Than Like you and I Gloria. We're not going to tolerate The same things Our parents tolerated. Absolutely not When, When my kids When my teacher calls me When my kid's teacher Calls me about My kid getting me in trouble When I go to that school I'm not going there Like Oh my son is a bad child or anything like mm-hmm. no i'm not gonna tolerate you but like being any way you want with my kids that would have been different for my parents mm-hmm. you know what i mean and my kids are gonna tolerate less mm-hmm. so the new generation in ghana they're not gonna tolerate some of the nonsense that we've tolerated from the political class they, they won't just as we are not tolerating what our parents tolerate and if you i'll tell you this quick story I, was, I read the i'm a big reader i love reading i read the the autobiography of nelson mandela near the end of his jail term his prison term you know he was there because at that time he was doing um half he was in between a halfway house which is a transitional housing like so you go on weekends to the transitional housing and then weekdays you'll be back in the prison so what one day we're taking him out once a young inmate this gonna have been the late 80s early 90s was walking in with his hat backwards just looking real like hard so the white prison officer was like hey turn your hat around and show respect and he, and he just said like f you and you're just like and then nelson Mandela was like that's the new african you know what like the way you guys had me and you thought I was a menace.
1: You I, haven't met the rest of them. That's coming up.
0: <laughs> no ones are not going to tolerate it. And so we like that, I take a lot of solace in that. Like the new generation of Ghanaians coming up, they're not going to tolerate what we tolerate. It's says we, we didn't tolerate a lot of things that our parents were willing to uh, accept.
1: I agree. I definitely agree. Well, thank you so much for that part of the segment. We're going to go into the mix and then we'll come back to continue this conversation.
0: DJ Frost Lady in the
2: mix. Come on! Don't stop the party. First for a baby, guys for Mushi, yes, then fill up if you know feel up. But if not, package, I go manage a Koshima, a God dealer. And for Saturday, we go party for my villa, so my dinner. Just for Puta, guys for Ghana, yes, then feel up if you know feel up. First for a baby, guys for Mushi, yes, then fill up if you know fill up. Shana waiting at the sea, now waiting at the door. Charlie no. Everybody knows there is power in your tongue. Oh yeah, everybody feels your world ugo. of one. one. Of do not Go Okay, shaking the back, skin to skin, we be reckless, give you loving in excess, on my dish, your body, oh, I just can't My My This Sometimes me I got the choose. So many girls for the boo. i'm gonna take you inside my room anyhow are you want we go do, do, do. i said me and you we no get problem say night i see no be problem this young, young nigga cause problem touch up those make we self problem me and you we no get problem say night i see no be problem this young, young nigga cause problem touch up those make we self problem my job my job my job my job
1: DJ Foster Lady, EBU, you do all, and we're back. So, Here's my next question for you. Mm -hmm. How difficult is it to do business in Ghana, specifically in education? And you can also give us like a wide, you know, example, or you can give us a widespread of what it's like to do business and how difficult it is.
0: So I'll tell you this. The first time I went back to Ghana in 2007, my mom's friend picked me up from the airport and she said something that in retrospect, it was was quite, quite profound. But at the moment, I just thought it was just one of those, man, she said, take whatever you know from Canada and threw it out the window.
1: Yikes. Throw it out.
0: So I was just like, hmm. Why
1: would now, I do
0: that? Because <laughs> she felt that a lot of people who come back are constantly making comparisons. And it's like this in Canada. Canada, we have roads. She's just She was just making the point like you are here, observe the system, ways you can make it work, and apply your twist, so to speak. So when it comes to doing business in Ghana, first and foremost, you have to understand it's a whole different country from what we are used to here. It's different. The people are different. People are not really punctual. I don't want to say people are less honest or less virtuous because that's not the case. Things come up more over there. So I'll give you an example. What do you
1: mean? Yeah. Okay. You
0: might give someone, let's say 50,000 Ghana cities. He said, oh, I'll bring it to you next month. Right. Next month might come. They might not bring the fifty, not because they're they're, they're dishonest or they 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 have a lot of vice in them. But the child might get sick, and there's no universal, strong, robust, universal healthcare system in place. So there goes some of that money. You know, I have a private school. Most kids in Ghana go to private schools. Private schools are not free. There goes some of that money. So when you look at all that, you realize it's a society that if you're not careful, you could easily be, for lack of a better word, you could easily be duped because people are constantly. De- dealing with issues themselves if you allow yourself in any second mama there goes that money actually i would say i didn't deal with micro corruption when it comes to building my school and even getting all the licensing because a lot of us here have this notion that everything must you must pay bribe right, which is definitely not the case in in ghana like we apply for our certifications we received approval not once did we say oh take this money and go get us this certificate but some people think that's doing business in ghana difficult is the corruption but we did not face a lot of that when you're doing something like myself building a school the land issue which is another it's another issue of that's Canada.
1: another animal right like there. if you are
0: gonna go buy land in Ghana get with someone who knows the game I'm always always avail myself to people to support people to acquire lands my land I bought it twice hmm. so where the school sits I bought it started construction found out that there's a court case that has a judgment has been delivered against the person I bought it from so now the new Person, I call them and he's just like wilding out, like, come pay me my money. I'm like, I just paid this guy, I don't care, so I gotta go sort him out. So, imagine you know, I paid twenty thousand dollars twice, so the land cost me forty thousand dollars, forty K. And this was it's not today, forty K, this is forty K in 2013. About there, you're younger, you don't have as much money as you do now, and having to cough up that type of money. So, the land issue is another difficult thing. Ghanaians think different, I don't want to say our thinking here is better, different in thought. Process. The administration of my school. When I have meetings with my staff, sometimes you, you have to be like, you ask people, what's your opinion? And some people have never been asked for the opinion. It, it throughout the whole journey through the Ghana education system. If you look at even our examinations and the Ghana education uh, service, it's very rare our questions, exam questions, formed in a way as to say, tell us what you think. It's wow,
1: I don't even know what it looks like. So like, yeah, here's it's generally like you be?
0: read a, a passage. Okay, what was the name of the dog? You answer it. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? So it does not allow you to think. No so critical talk, thinking.
1: That's what you're no, saying. No,
0: it, it doesn't. So okay. you have to understand that when you're working with guys, they, they're going to look at you like, oh, you're the boss. How dare me...
1: As a, a boss, ask you? me. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I've been
0: in, a, in an education system which did not ask me for my mm. opinion. I've been raised in a country that beats respect, respect, respect into me. So you got to really go out of your way and be like, no, tell me your opinion. I really want to know. And even then, they'll be very hesitant in how they say it. So if... And even so if you're doing business in Ghana, be careful of the yes man, yes man, or yes, mm. yes boss. They're not being duplicitous, they're not trying to trick you, they're not, they're just afraid to confront you with anything contrary to what you are mm-hmm. proposing or their ideas. So you have to be careful of that. Just keep that at the back of your mind. Like, hey, these people who are saying yes to me. I might be doing the wrong thing, but they're just too intimidated to tell me so. You know, capital is another thing. When you're doing business in Ghana, as much as people People think it's a developing country. Things like Ghana is not cheap. <laughs> I think, <laughs> I think a couple of months ago, a year or so, you went to look at some land in Medina. And it yeah, was- I did.
1: I was gonna bring that up after you spoke. I didn't want to like speak yeah, over. Yeah, it was like a hundred like- and.
0: What? 50, yeah. U.S. dollars.
1: Yeah. And then we found out when you when I was with your guy that he was taking us around that he was talking to other people and they're like, "Yo, no, this is somebody else. Somebody else has bought this one. Don't come and buy it here. Don't come and buy it. Look, somebody would have got us right then and there. Hundred and fifty k. Hey. Hundred and fifty k. We got there and the people were standing on the the lot like, "Yo, who are you guys?" And we're like, "Yo, we're interested in buying." And then they're like, "Oh yeah, come talk to me. Come talk to me." Then your guy was like, "Nah, something not right." Yeah. Something not right. Then he started looking into it. He's like, yo, we have to leave here because someone has already purchased this and they want to sell it to you for 150 I said, wow, wow. Yeah, so there, There you
0: go there you go specifically
1: with like your costs right so you're mm-hmm. saying that capital is is like also difficult because things are expensive in a sense in ghana so mm-hmm. like for you what was your cost estimation of what you needed to cough up put down while you build were you doing the old-fashioned oh i'm gonna build a little bit send money i'm gonna build a little but you sending like bulk
0: i was sending in bulk because i've been mm-hmm. lucky to make pretty decent money Altogether, the buildings, you know, we're expanding. Like, we're even, as we speak, in January, we're going to start building bigger classrooms for the preschool. But let's say from the beginning, the first year of construction to the day we opened, probably put in 700,000 U.S. dollars. What was no, the
1: year? Let people know, like, the year so you started.
0: Construction began, I think, it was late 2014 or early 2014 till january and we opened first day january 21st 2001 that's about seven years so you're looking at about 100k a year so and out of that month there was a period where for like seven months where i didn't invest i didn't put money into the building i was doing other things so on average i was looking at probably 12 15, 000 a month mm-hmm. going into the project yeah. you know <laughs> And near I'll say this from September till december twenty twenty, we were probably like in the twenties. we were probably putting twenty something mm-hmm. thousand a month because we were waiting for the president to lift the ban
1: mm-hmm. you know, so, so that you can go.
0: So, I mean, at that time, the building wasn't fully done. Someone will be painting, someone will be doing tiling, someone will be installing the desk. Mm-hmm. And it was just like madness. Like, mm-hmm. workers would be fighting among themselves because there was just too many people all at work at the same time. Mm-hmm. Advised anyone who wants to invest in ghana if it's real estate education or any of those heavy capital intensive ventures you know to
1: really prepare themselves because 5k is not really- <laughs> now you're trying to play my 5k i was gonna go invest in oh man oh man nah.
0: No, like, it, I, I, unless you, you want to do some mom and pop thing, but no, nah, like, it's, it's serious. It's serious out there. It's not, and it's not for the faint of heart. You just imagine mm-hmm. every month consistently. I think that is what I'm most proud of, that I, I stuck with it. Like yeah. every month I knew I had 15,000 was going to come out of my bank account, 20,000. I went, I went to Ghana and, um, it was like February, 2017 with 40K and I was just there for a month and I spent all that 40K. Yeah just buying materials, this, this, but we got a lot of work done. But a lot of people would have been so deflated to know that you just put down 40000 Over here, you could put 40000 and get a house as a down payment. That money allowed me to roof the building, start plastering, more work needed to be done. So yeah, it's not... Uh... It's not an easy undertaking.
1: And if you had to put it in three words, what would it be? The type of person you need to be in order to have start a business in Ghana.
0: You gotta be dedicated. Okay. Dedicated to the cause, what you're trying to do. Yeah, dedicated to the cause. Dedicated to the process. Um, that's that's one. I would say second one, it might sound a bit sentimental, but you got to be a good person. Mm. You know, it's often overlooked the whole having a good, being a good person, having a kind heart, being there for people. I would say a lot of the breaks I got in my life was a result of people putting me on. Mm-hmm. So I make a, a concerted effort to put others on. Mm-hmm. And I don't cheat anybody. Say what you want to say about me. Not a person could say paul took my money and didn't pay me or paul owes me this like or paul was supposed to give me that and he didn't no i genuinely i believe i'm a good person and i catch my breaks like big break that's and then the third is uh whatever you decide to invest in Ghana, make sure you're passionate about it Hmm like if it's not something you really you're just thinking about the money i know you often hear this don't just worry about the money the money will come i'm not worried about money for my school when i my my population where it's gonna be like i'm good (laughs) And i'm gonna be gonna make way more money than i'll be able to spend Mm -hmm. but you have to be passionate because there's gonna be so much turbulence and you gotta hold on to something and it better Mm -hmm. be something that you care about because if you if you're not passionate about education and you want to go and build a school in ghana well when you got to buy that land again when you're (laughs) gonna deal with this teacher when this parent calls you complaining you and believe every day you're dealing with parents your complaints this this that if you're not passionate about what you want to see out of your vision forget about it (laughs) forget about it you know that's that's the thing i mean i know people who are doing business in ghana they they buy cars they ship it down they're not passionate about that business you're doing it because it's a business the minute the city begins to misbehave though start. Stop. You're not passionate. Then I also know people who are passionate about, let's say, short-term rentals. You see the growth in what they're trying to do. You, know, you see they begin this, and then you know gradually you see the things, the thing evolve into something bigger. That's what the dedication. Be a good, kind-hearted hearted person, and be passionate about what it is that you want to do.
1: What if? this is something you're passionate about right not say per, for you per se but if there is someone that's passionate about something they've been passionate about it for so long they start getting into it they're in it now let's say they're 75 percent, almost done and they're not passionate about it anymore what happens because passion <laughs> does change right
0: so it does it, it does it's it's part, even marriages you know the passion yeah. you have for when you first meet your your wife or your husband after a while you 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 know, it's, it's not the same. So I, I get your question. It's normal. But uh, yeah. say keep on going because there's a reason that passion had a basis. You know what I mean? My passion for education, because I felt like I didn't get Quality education. Even though I was in Canada, I felt like my mind didn't really open. I wasn't the most studious student. So even if while building the school a different venture came out which was more lucrative or whatever, and I decided to go with that, I would still have that calling. So if people their passions change, I would task them to just complete what it is that they're doing because. It must have came from somewhere. This this passion or this love for you want to do this thing. Perhaps there's some interruptions of your your goals and your dreams, but like see it through. Once you see it through, let's say if I build PHA and say no, I'm no longer passionate about education. I want to sell this school. That's that's a, a property well over two million dollars. That's way more than I would have got if it was just uncompleted. then not, you know what I mean. Now it's yeah. a finished product. I would encourage people to just see it through, see it through, because people, the big mistake people most people find is that they don't stick with the process. Right. You think every, when I was building PHA, there was, I was always in this elevated state. Man, Gloria, there were days where I was down, boy. Like, I'm mm-hmm. telling you, like, there were days where I was, like, down and out. Like, is this really... Am I out of my element? Is this too much? Like mm-hmm. for one person. And those were the days when you just got to just, j- just chill. You know what I mean? Because right. you, you have so much passion and so much dedication channeled towards this vision that you're bound to catch your breaks. Because at the time, anytime I got money, I was thinking about, okay, how much do I need to give to the school? So eventually if you keep feeding something to someone or something, eventually it gets full. Right.
1: Absolutely.
0: Eventually it, it's, you might not want to. You might get down. You might feel dejected, deflated, all of that. But if you stick with it, in the end, there's you're you're going to be so grateful, just as I am. You're going to be grateful to yourself for not abandoning the course. I mean, I, I went to a get-together over the weekend with a friend, and I sat, there was an empty chair, so I sat beside one lady, and we just started talking. She's like, oh, uh, what do you do? I asked her, what does what she do? And she said, uh, she's a nurse. And she asked me, what do I do? And I said, well, I own a private school in Ghana
1: and it was like yeah. wow what yeah <laughs> and-
0: it, it, I was just so proud of
1: mm, just okay.
0: even her reaction because to me, this is a, something in the workings of the last eight years. It's no longer news to me. It's not, Yeah. I don't, yeah. I own a school. So what? Mm-hmm. I need to build another one. You know, I need mm-hmm, to build more. Mm-hmm. It's no longer like something that makes me say yay anymore. But to her, it was like, oh my goodness. Like I was waiting to say a social worker, da, 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 da. But no, you own this. Uh, So it makes me really grateful that I did not abandon the ship as it was sailing. Because there was rough, rough, rough
1: periods. And during those rough periods, what were your coping methods to deal with being so overwhelmed?
0: Uh, I read a lot, so I think that helped That helped me a lot. Because when you read, you are you discover great men and women, whether it's fictional or non-fictional. In every story, there's always someone who at least attempts to be great. So I remember reading a book called uh, The Wives of the, the Founding Fathers. It's actually a, a book about the wives of the American founding fathers yeah. and how mm-hmm. the contributions they made to, the, to America. America, the founder of America and in one of them I can't remember which one was she was writing a letter to someone and she was like oh I met this I met Stanford he just started his school he has a couple of classrooms he's really inspired that's Stanford that's what the Stanford we know now so and yeah Stanford University Stanford University. So, in eighteen something, she was writing a letter to her friend saying, talking about Stanford, that Stanford is just beginning his school, and now we know what wow. Stanford is. And so, I, when you read that, you gotta. I put the book down like, man, Sunday, <laughs> someday, someone's gonna say that about yeah, BKK and me like, yeah. I remember when he was starting and and he was going through this. I always kept that like, just stick with it. It's it's all part of the growing pain. You no, know, that was that was one major make uh, coping mechanism, and another one was just. Stepping back and evaluating your beginning. Because what I mean by that is we get, oftentimes we get so caught up in the work which remains that we forget what we have done. I think it was Kwame Krumah who said, those who want to judge us based on where we are would do well to remember from the, to remember the depths from which where from where we started. So it's important to not just look at where you are or where you're going. Also remember, man, I didn't seven years ago. I did not have a school. A year ago, I didn't have 150 kids. I, I, two years ago, I didn't have any kids. <laughs> you know, at the school, I didn't have any laptop. I didn't have no computers. I didn't have no light. I didn't have the building wasn't. It always helped me to just look back. You know, go through the pictures. Though you're here, man. You're you're progressing along. And that always sort of calmed me down And motivate me more Because as you're Pursuing your passion Of course I had my detractors I had people who were You know Making their little Smart Side
1: comments
0: about why are you Investing in Ghana And why don't you One of the most tonight comments I hear. How much have you spent in, on Pha so far? And I'll tell them like, oh, that's crazy. You should have just bought a house. Like
1: bought a house instead like, of why would I? Why would I buy? A you house know what I mean? Man. Like by all means, do you right by like? But like, what do they mean by buy a house? Like buy a house for you to just stay in or like, yeah, buy, like a house buy a
0: house for... here, like in oh. Georgia. And I'm just like, you have no idea, like what it means to own a school, like. Mm-hmm. It, it does it pales in it pales in comparison on the house in my view at least when you compare the two it's just like what like they don't even compare you know, but a lot of people those use those remarks from people to really motivate you because at the end of the day when you're and I remember when I was building PH I wasn't really posting any pictures so people really didn't know what I was doing until I think it was like July 2020 I just posted the building like we're gonna open and at that time the building wasn't painted I'm like we're gonna open in September and then there was a lockdown but then First, the building wasn't painted, then it was painted. That's to outpost the picture of it painted, or we're doing our tiling, or we're doing our washing. Then one day I woke up and my graphic designer had sent us admission in progress and hiring a hiring flyer. Like both of them were, were putting out a flyer to hire people and we're putting flyers that we're accepting students. And when I posted those two images on I remember social Instagram and feel I was like, "We're really doing this! Like, yeah,
1: this is it. <laughs> it's no longer
0: just <laughs> building the building is one thing. Yeah, but no, you are really going to hire someone. And I remember you have employees. Yes, and I remember one <laughs> other the school ones. Before we opened, it was probably early January. 2021. We opened January 18th. So I'm at the school, and a this really nice SUV pulls up in front of the gate. Three kids jump out with their dad, and they they come into the school. They walk into the campus. The security lets them in. They said they want to make some inquiries. The security brings them to my office, and I'm talking to them about the school. He's asking me a lot of questions about me. And at the end of it, he's like, "Okay, I want to enroll my kids. I was like, "Oh." You, do do? Of so the answers were the answers were great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, looking for the mission form <laughs> and i'm i grab it put it on the folder to give it to him and i tell him um, when he's ready he should just bring it to me and he looks at me like i'll just fill it right now like oh, of course you will fill it right now <laughs> i built this school i built this beautiful school of course you want your kid to be yeah. here you know what i mean why wouldn't you want so i give him the form he fills it out pays his admission forms and before he leaves he's like my friend's gonna call you like okay let your you're already call telling
1: me. people about my school too Wow.
0: And so I'm at, I'm at, later on that evening I went home and I went out and I'm just like chilling with my friends and I get a call from a number I don't know I was got so I answered the phone it's like hello mister this is mr prosper collins gave me your number I'm going to send you money now and I'm going to send you pictures of my my kids passport information
1: Mm, for the form,
0: yes. Can you fill that out? I can't come to us. I was like, of course you would. You this, that's what you're gonna do. Why wouldn't you? Because I put so much blood, sweat, and tears into this. Why wouldn't you want to be a part of this? And so those were the moments that was like they were. It was so surreal to know that here's where we are. Like we are accepted students, and not only on our first day we had 31 students. That's wow.
1: first day, 31 students. 31
0: students. I woke up that day and. I decide I'll go with the bus driver to go pick up some of the kids. Well, hey, I, I designed that,
1: uniform.
0: You, know? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? some kids will be will pull up the bus will pull up the kids will come out with their bags and they're going to school they're going to do? school they're going to PHA. my, my school and like my wow. neighbor my neighbor in Ghana I rented an apartment when I first moved there they were you know we started chatting and they said oh what do I do I told my own to school they should come check it out so one day they're like yeah we'll come check it out so they followed me as I was driving they drove behind me now remember as we pulled up to the school then when people look and look at through their front glass like, and they enrolled your kids. And one day I was, I got up in the morning, went to the gym, came back and I'm in my kitchen. And where my kitchen is, I could see their compound from my kitchen. And I see the the kids dressed up, wearing their uniform. Like these kids are going to school. They're going to my school. You know, the mom is getting, rushing downstairs to come and drive them to school. Not just any school, but my school. And why wouldn't they, she want to send the kids to my school? I put so much into it that it's glaring. It shows that the person who built this, it was not, he must have been passionate about it. He must have, if he had the resource to put this up, surely he's going to have the resource to expand it and give our kids more than what he's going to be giving them now. And how do you compare that to home ownership? You know, And I'm not saying home ownership is necessarily bad. Not, I can never say that at all, but I'm just like, I chose my path and I'm so grateful that I stuck with it and didn't Mm -hmm. do anything else.
1: I feel that. One thing I feel like we forgot to talk about is when I asked where you started. Where did you start? Like, what was your career before being a founder? Because some people might think you, you know, came out of money or something. They're not gonna understand the grind that you 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 went through. Heavy, 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 heavy like- grinding. <laughs> right? They need to. I think that's an important piece. So okay. let's put that. In. Let's let's tell them.
0: So I finished uh, university in two thousand seven. You was a baby. You, Gloria. I was, a was a, baby.
1: I was a baby. Yes. Was I though? 2007? I think, yeah, 2007. I don't even know where I was. Probably I'm 39
0: in- years old by the way. I don't know if I said that. Uh, no,
1: I am hmm. 12 years younger.
0: So I finished 12. university, yeah. worked a bit. I worked at a car rental place and I started working with um, for my degree in psychology, working with youth, at risk youth, really, started really developing that passion to help in the next generation. I did that. I also did child protection that's working with children coming from abuse home, foster care systems, really finding ways to connect with those kids. And I think at that point, I really realized I could connect with anybody, especially kids I can make them comfortable, I can make them think, I can make them feel safe, I can empower them. And I think maybe my passion for education it really took a jump at that point. I'm like, hmm, these kids who are in these in this precarious situation, what if they had quality education? How much of a difference would that make? And then after working for a year or so, I went back to Ghana, and I remember arriving in Ghana and just like, there's so many opportunities here. But of course, you gotta have the right people around you to advise you and and all that. And then just and after that, came back. I worked with. I had a small business and kind of working with kids with autism which i i like to probably include that as part of my beginnings because it really it, it's whenever I get or, or even not just kids with autism but special needs kids with special needs right so anytime a parent says maybe my child might have I want to bring my child but they have special needs I said oh, don't worry about that is any school owner you should be talking to it is me you know I'm gonna be able to put something in place to, to support that child you don't worry about that so uh, like like all of us I, I come from humble beginnings parents are you're Typical working class immigrants, very conservative in their in their views. I think our our stories, I'm pretty sure, are quite similar.
1: Mm-hmm. Also, he was hustling. He was working like two jobs.
0: Oh yeah!
1: So, oh yeah! Like how you forget about these things? These these are <laughs> these are your hustle moments. That's because you know I was just so
0: into the moment and trying to get what I need. So when people are in awe of the work I put in, I'm just like. I, I had to do it. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, yeah. Like, I had to do it. I had no other choice. Like, I'm more proud of the fact that, I, as I said, I stuck with it. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily mm-hmm. the work I, you know, I was, it. you know, yeah. not necessarily when I was working with child protection, I was uh, doing that, which up north in a very remote area, which paid a lot. But I was also working as a, as a, a guard at a police station. So I would, like, work. And you got to be smart, right? Like, you got to... I worked smart. I don't... I, I, of course, I worked hard, but I also worked really smart. So, Whoa, can point we point pause point, real quick?
1: We, yeah. need, we need you to define that. So I always have this discussion with a friend of mine about working smart and working hard and how sometimes I feel like it kind of is the same thing. Sometimes, sometimes. And other times they have differences. But can you tell us what working hard means and then what does it mean to work smart?
0: So let me give you an example, a personal example. Working smart and not too hard. So, I was working uh, as a top child protection agent, let's say my nine to five, right? When I finished, I would go to the gym for about an hour, go home, and then I'll go to the police station from sometimes like 10 p.m. until eight in the morning. And I was up north, so the distance from my home to my work was close. Now, you would think you stayed up all night. No, I'll go sleep (laughs) in the police station. (laughs) So, I mean, that's what I mean. Like, I was getting paid while I was sleeping. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. I wake up, I made $300 mm-hmm. while taking a, a good sleep. And a lot of the police officers who were there who were good friends. They knew what I was trying to do back home in Ghana. And what I find out I mean, from my experience is when people, when you're good people and people know you're trying to do good, they want to look out for you. So, these. Mm police officers were always trying to just it. was a small little jail, but they were always looking off. Hey, let me, ah, there's a pillow. You forgot to get your pillow. Oh, you that's so it, sweet. It, so like <laughs> one of them still follows me in the school. And every time he only message me like, man, I remember how hard you were working. Yes, I was working hard, but I was really sleeping.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, and it's the same here. Like um, when I was working with families with special needs, I mean, if you're working with a child with special needs, the child is sleeping throughout the night. You too, like...
1: Get some shut-eye. Get,
0: get some shut-eye. Like, don't be wired and wild. <laughs> and, you know, and that that's what I mean. Not killing yourself. You you could be working two jobs in a, in a factory, just breaking your back. Take a minute, talk to people, you know, find out what are the opportunities out there. And working smart also involves taking chances. Like, you know, not just oh, this is going well for me. But no, look at what else is out there and find ways to cut corners as long as... It's safe. It's as safe long as it's it safe me. and you can defend your decisions. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you gotta be able... You got to... Because nobody gets to the top or gets anywhere worthwhile without cutting some corners. You yeah. just... It's just not humanly possible mm-hmm. to just be on this straight path where there's no... You know, you're not applying any cheat codes. You you have... you, You just have to. It's you're not cheating anybody you're just finding ways to
1: make it work to,
0: to make it work that that's what it is
1: awesome well i think this was an excellent conversation and I'm sure you're going to get some questions on the side, but please shout out your your school real quick. What's the socials? If any, okay, if people so- want to enroll their kids, what's the process like? Because uh, I do know like we're on break right now. Right. And so yeah. when when can they do that enrollment, if possible, for next year?
0: So my school is Pinnacle Heights Academy. It's located in Accra, uh, in a town called OEB. Our social media handles, Instagram is Pinnacle Heights Academy, all one word. Facebook, Pinnacle Heights Academy. Um, you can find us there. You can also add me on uh, or follow me on Instagram. You get a lot of information about my school. It's P and K. K A Y dot entry. Antwi. Antwi's A N T W I. We are on break. Yes, we're resuming in January. We're expecting new students. And you can contact any of our admission numbers. Get a form, fill it out. Your child will be asked to come in to write an assessment. Upon its uh, upon completion, we'll assess it, and then we'll take it from there. We get have about we have all the facilities. We have swimming. We have tennis, we have all the extracurricular activities, Taekwondo, ballet, a reading program, music program, the graphic design, we're doing STEM. We just began STEM the STEM program, STEM education last September, and the parents are just like ecstatic. They just love what we're doing there with the robotics and coding and all that. We're gonna begin photography. Your kid, your child is gonna be really, really engaged. You know, there's cameras throughout the whole building. We have a boarding facility. We have five students currently in boarding, in our boarding house. We have three from liberia one from zambia and one from ghana so we're really we're into you know within the african continent we are really trying to expand ourselves and it's it's incredible to know that somebody of all the schools in Liberia, somebody called <laughs> me, I'm going to fly my kids.
1: My kid to come first, to your school. And hey. the
0: first two kids, and then yeah. said, you know, I'm going to send the third kid, you know, oh, at wow. your school. So it's it's incredible. Admissions is open. I'm always, myself as the owner, I'm always willing open to having engagements with all stakeholders, parents, you know, anyone who, who might even be interested in opening a school in Ghana or anything remotely close to that or doing any investment in Ghana, I think it's important that we share wisdom and knowledge. And I feel like I've benefited from others and it's only fair and it's, it's it's a great blessing to sort of give out those very wisdoms that I picked up from others.
1: For sure. And for all his contact, it would also be in the bio of this episode as well. So not to worry if you missed some of it, but thank you so much, Mr. Founder and Owner of PHA. We truly, truly appreciate you having, having you join us on this conversation. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you very much, Gloria.